my two co-hosts, Nick Robinson and Luke Burrows. Uh, tons to cover tonight, a lot of big moves, and we're going to jump right into that. But before we do, I want to remind everyone to download both the Barnburner and Zingo TV app available on both iOS and Android devices. Zingo TV is also available on Chromecast, Amazon Fire, and Fire TV Sticks. Roku and Roku Sticks also on all smart TVs 2016 and forward. I believe all of our uh, technical difficulties are sorted out. Uh, Luke, hope we can hear you fine. As long as you can hear us, then we should be. Okay, um, good stuff. Uh, busy day, not as busy as I think we were anticipating. Um, plenty of big fish still on the market, but there were still some moves. Um, Last night, some of the moves we talked about ended up being signings, but I'm going to hand a lot of this over to Nick as he's sort of taken the lead on on the free agency predictions uh, and ratings and stuff like that. So, Nick, without further ado, I'll uh, hand all, all of the stuff over to you. Yeah, I don't know why I've been labeled a free agent guy of the show, but uh, that's uh, that's been my role. But uh, first, I just want to flex a little bit here, my, uh, my big <laughs> purchase today. Uh, at the Sun Store in Ottawa, there it is on the screen right there. I don't know. What do you guys think? Looks nice in person. I like it. At least over the screen like there, it. doesn't it? I love it. Yeah, love nice it. number, nice number seventy-two in Shabbat on the back. So I was, I was pretty pleased with that one. But uh, yeah, we'll get right into the free agency talk. Um, like you said, Patrick, probably not as busy as we anticipated yesterday. I know we were definitely hyping up all of the Hulls, Petrangelos of the world yesterday, but. Neither of them have signed uh, to this point. We'll get into that a bit later, but let's start with maybe some of the Canadian teams and what they did today. We'll start with the Toronto Maple Leafs because they are big in the news as we speak. And just before we came to air, they made their big signing of the day, which is TJ Brody, former Calgary Flame on a four-year deal worth $5 million per season. On paper, that looks pretty good, Patrick. Yeah, so far, um, apparently they were interested in, in TJ Brody before. Um, he's 30. The value seems fair. This could honestly be a home run for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I know everyone was expecting Alex Petrangelo, but um, this gives them some more flexibility down the road. They're not completely tied up in the cap, and I think it's it's an awesome move. He provides some pretty good offense, and he's actually pretty solid defensively. So, um, so far, this looks like a pretty pretty strong move from uh, Dubas and Leafs. Yeah. Luke, what are your thoughts on it? Not to say – like, not to say – Petrangelo would have been a bad move, but I think this is, and this isn't necessarily better, but it's definitely safer. Um, nothing wrong, I would say, with the with the term or the money. Uh, I him as a player, like I, I don't think I don't think there's going to be any surprises. I don't think he's he's gonna uh, you know make it or break it for the Leafs. So yeah, it's a it's a safe it's a safe move. Um, kind of kind of not unexpected but a bit of a different route they're taking but yeah kind of like pat said it's not it's not a bad one it, it the only thing yeah. is about what's going to happen next given the who they have they're what a million over the cap now you have to expect Janssen, yeah. kerfoot someone like them has to be moved right yeah i would think so i would think so just because of the cap situation there it was already looking pretty tight without brody coming in so I think something is going to have to give here. Perhaps, uh, I, most likely, Andreas Janssen. We've talked about that um, previously on the show, and I still think in some way he might end up in Ottawa. But definitely, I think Andreas Janssen is going to be the odd man out in Toronto, at least. But, you know, this is a big move for their defense. They've got Riley, Muzzin, Dermot, Sandine, Hall, and Lettinen in the mix next year. And you throw Brody in there, and all of a sudden, that's much better. He's definitely a different type of defenseman than what 
we would typically say the Toronto Maple Leafs have. He is really solid in his own end, which I think should complement Morgan Riley really well. Um, I know I don't know too much about TJ Brody, but I do know um, somebody told me at least he played the right side with Giordano over the past couple of years and was really solid. Um, you know, he had 19 points last year, and that's a bit of a climb down from he was averaging in the high 30s to low 40s in the sort of five seasons before that. So he's definitely cooled down offensively, at least in the past year. So perhaps on a high scoring team like Toronto, he can develop that part of his game again. But like we said, on paper, at even strength, this is a really good move for Toronto. Yep. Uh, okay, we can move on then. Uh, the other move the Toronto Maple Leafs made today, they signed Wayne Simmons, former Philadelphia Flyer, New Jersey Devil, Buffalo Sabre, to a one-year deal, $1.5 million. Uh, Patrick should bring a little more bite to the team. Yeah, that seems to be, again, this is sort of the talk about Kyle Dubas, as if he's just a skill-based GM who wants the skill guys, but there are still plenty of people who admire that element of him, but also want them to bring in more grit. Um, we saw what the addition of Spezza was, and Spezza was also a player who had some pretty significant, not significant, but but good upside, given the fact that he was playing on the fourth line. Um, they brought in Clifford. I'm pretty sure he's not going to be there next year, but adding, adding Simmons adds that element of toughness and grit and sort of protection that I think a lot of people thought Toronto needed. How effective he is as a player, um, is definitely up for debate. Most metrics suggest that he's not that productive an NHL player, and there are probably better replacement level uh, NHLers available for the fourth line. But if you want a crash and bang fourth line, you want someone who will protect star players, and Wayne Simmons is your guy. Um, but $1.5 million does seem a bit much when, when there are obviously guys in the AHL who can probably um, outproduce and outperform Wayne Simmons. I think it's fair to say the grit crowd got to do best here a bit. Maybe. And I think, I think rightfully so though, like um, obviously like a, a contract of one by 1.5, it's not, it's not bad. Um, and, a, and a guy like that, that's kind of exactly what, what a lot of people and yeah, Nick, you're right. Maybe Dubas is kind of realizing it too. That's what a lot of people are saying the Leafs need. The only hesitation I have is um, does that fit into the Leafs current uh, current situation money wise. I don't know, but regardless, it's, um, it's, it's not heavy at all. So it's a, it's a small, small risk, but, um, I think for a lot of people, a guy like Wayne Simmons, that's exactly what is going to, you know, theoretically fix the Leafs. Yeah. Fun note about Wayne Simmons quickly before we move on, he lives in Aurora up near where I do. And apparently he told Pierre Lebrun that he's been walking around Aurora a lot this summer and people have been asking him when he's going to sign with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, pretty cool that he actually did end up doing that. And I'm sure he's going to be a popular guy in Aurora. Um, okay, we'll move on to the Montreal Canadiens. Right after we went off the air yesterday, they <laughs> made the big move of the night, signing Josh Anderson to a seven-year deal worth $5.5 million a season definitely way off from what we predicted. I know we were on here probably an hour before <laughs> yeah. it happened talking about Anderson, maybe in a two year, two and a half million dollar range. And Mark Bergevin blew us all out of the water. Patrick, give us your early thoughts on this as our resident Habs guy. Okay. Um, it's sort of a catch 22 situation for Mark Bergevin, uh, Josh Anderson and the Montreal Canadiens. Everyone was expecting him to sign a two-year shorter deal like Max Domi did with Columbus 
But if you do that and you do that for a player who is completely healthy and he plays lights out and he goes back to the form he was in, in Columbus, then he's going to demand Kevin Hayes level money. He's going to demand a lot more cash and free agency. Bergevin and the Habs might not be willing to do that. And then there's a situation you sign him to a long-term deal like they just did last night and he doesn't perform to that. And all of a sudden it screams buyout in the latter half of his uh, contract, seeing that it is seven years. Um, I thought five years, 5.5 or six years, 5.5 would be ideal. Seven is one extra year, but if he is as healthy as everyone's saying he is and he, and there aren't really any underlying injuries with him, then I think it's a fine move. And I think the overreaction is a little bit excessive. Um, he had one shoulder injury uh, at the NHL level. I know there were things when, when he was playing in the minors, but, um, and I just think, well, he had one goal one last year. It's like that was over 26 games where he was playing consistently in and out of the lineup injured. I would much rather evaluate a player over an 82 game season. Um, either way, whatever Mark Bergman were to do, if it was a short term or long term, he's going to get criticized. I just think the overreaction is a little bit excessive. And I have no doubt in my mind that Josh Anderson is going to flourish with the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Luke, we talked about some of the risk of maybe signing Josh Anderson short term and the potential that he jumps back to that value we saw him play to a couple of years ago with Columbus. Is this, though, too much of a risk by Mark Bergevin? Yeah, so, so Pat, and allow me to overreact, I guess, but sure. Pat, you're, you're describing two very real risks, and that's totally fair. Um, committing to him long term and then he doesn't pan out or committing to him short term and then you lose him when he, you know, he, he does turn into um, whatever, however, however many years ago, Josh Anderson. But think about those two risks. Which one would you, would you rather run? Would you rather him not pan out and you are paying him for that length of time for that amount of money? Or would you rather have him, you know, have him have a very good few years with Montreal and then you lose him? And it's like, yeah, that's tough. But he had a good few years and then you lose him. This, this is a bad contract and I refuse to, to hear otherwise. There is absolutely no reason that and, you commit to this length of time with him. Right. But I think it's more likely that he returns to his, his amazing form in Columbus than he does to what happened last year. Last year, his floor is how, but how he was playing the 26 games he played, he was there's, playing injured. There's, he was there's playing nothing, injured. There's nothing that points to, yeah. There's, there's, <laughs> there's nothing solid on either side that points to him you know either you know he's permanently going to be this one goal in 26 games player I'm not saying he's that there's not much pointing to that but I don't think there's much pointing to him saying yeah for sure he's going to bounce back I'm saying it's yes. in the middle and there's no there, I, there's, I think I disagree with that a little bit I think you know at least analytically his shot rates were still pretty good and he was still a pretty effective player when Columbus w was on the ice last year was despite the really really poor point projection yeah yeah he was he definitely was better um you know I think this is just Josh Anderson suffering from a pretty pretty bad shooting percentage and you know, obviously we don't know what the extent of the injuries he was suffering in those 26 games were, but judging on the fact that he was out the rest of the season, didn't even return for the NHL's return to play. I, I would say the guy was pretty banged up at that point. And, you know, so, it's a huge, huge risk for Bergevin, huge risk. So why would you sign screams him? David Clarkson screams David Clarkson, but, but, but at least Josh Anderson has a pretty good track record and it wasn't a blip good year that they signed this deal on. It was just a blip bad year 
So it's sort of the flip side. So after such a questionable year, why would you sign him for that long? Like that is because because they got all the metal. So first of all, there were it's in it's in writing that he played last year injured, and it's also confirmed they spent time and time to make sure they have all the medical records and make sure he is 100% healthy. We see what 100% healthy Josh Anderson can do. I'm now listen, Luke. I'm not denying that there's risk with this contract. Absolutely, there's risk with this contract. And if he gets gets injured again next year and he suffers another shoulder injury, that's brutal. I'm not saying there isn't a risk, but I don't want two years of Josh Anderson playing. I think it's more likely he plays lights out than he plays what he did last year. I think more signs point to that being the case. And if that is the case, why not sign someone long term? Five point five is. A lot, but I don't think it's that much. Again, the term is the issue. I don't think the yeah, cap is the issue. And, and, and 5.5 for, I think, someone who has a 20-goal floor, who I think will hit that almost every single year if he stays healthy, which I think is likely, I think that's why you commit to the term. I'm not saying there are no risks, but again, no matter what, if it's a short-term deal, I don't want to be paying him seven years in, I, in two years. I agree. Seven, seven million in two years. I agree that there's risks on both sides. I think we both agree that regardless – tricky situation i just think i would way rather run the risk of having a really good two years with him and then having to let him walk then but he, he's not worth how many million. how many goals is five and a half million worth to you like what 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 are we setting the bar at josh anderson for because i think we can all agree he's going to score more than one goal if he plays healthy next year what's the bar now becoming for josh anderson is 27 goals that bar i think i think uh at his worst over a full 82 game season, 20 goals. Um, I don't want to say is guaranteed. I think 20 goals is likely. And I, I do think 30, I think between 20 to 30 goals. And this is sort of the, the, the eye test grit side in me that appreciates it, but I do appreciate an element to Josh Anderson's game that I find similar to Tom Wilson that, that I think Montreal has needed. And again, this goes back to what, what's been a vacant hole in Montreal for so long is that other right winger behind Gallagher who can basically do everything. He can skate, he can shoot, he's fine defensively. And um, again, not denying there's risk, but I don't want to be paying him north of $7 million in two years when most signs point to him playing back to that form he did in 2018. All right. Well, this is definitely one we're going to have to wait to see and how it plays out. I think this is probably the most difficult contract to examine on the signing date out of everybody that is going to be signed this summer. So we'll move on now for the Montreal Canadiens and Josh Anderson. By the way, they also locked up Victor Mete one year, 700K. Pretty good deal for a young, strong player. Ottawa Senators today locked up their new starting goaltender, Matt Murray. Four-year contract worth just a hair over $6 million a year. Bit richer in term and money than I thought. I know I predicted yesterday somewhere around three years, just north of $5 million. Luke, did they come in too high for Matt Murray, or is this right in the sweet spot? I don't mind the term at all. Um, I, I wouldn't have an issue with that term with such a, you know, he's a, he's a young guy, I think. And we, we've done it a few times on the show. You kind of forget how young he is. Um, Money-wise, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's, 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 in the, it's in the kind of expected, expected range. Maybe, yeah, a bit on the higher side. But I, I would have no issue with that contract if I were you as a Sens fan. Patrick, do you think they did this maybe just to motivate Matt Murray a bit? You know, he's obviously coming off a down year. Are the Senators just trying to gas him up and maybe light a fire under him with a contract like this? I think so. And I think looking at Ottawa's trajectory, adding Tim Stutzel, adding um, 
uh, Jake Sanderson and adding what is probably perceived to be a good character player in Eric Goodbranson um, probably motivates him. And I don't think Matt Murray is as bad as he was this year. Look, he won two cups when he was still pretty young. And um, yeah, 6.25 is a little bit high, but four years really isn't that long of a commitment to a goalie. If he has one more year left in Ottawa, for whatever reason, is, is struggling, you can move that and retain 50%. Um, but it's a little richer, but I don't think it's that bad or as bad as some of the other goal, goaltending contracts we saw that were uh, dealt with today. Like what, Pat? All right. Well, we'll Watch get them. into one of those goalie contracts and a team that dealt it out. We'll move into the third party of this show. Vancouver Canucks today. They did, in fact, let Jacob Markstrom walk. And uh, they do indeed have a replacement for him. Luke is going to tell us all about Braden Holpe, the newest member of the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, two-year contract worth $4.3 million a year. Luke, what is the idea here from the Canucks? Is this a good deal? I think an unusually quiet um, first day of free agency for Jim Benning. And I think that's a really good thing. And, um, you know, not even necessarily related to free agency. I think he, he stood, he stood flat on, on the OEL front. And I, like, I, I really respect that. I think he stood on the Markstrom front for sure. I don't, I wouldn't have wanted to give Marks from the, ter- the term or money he got any, well, money maybe, but the term he got anyways. Um, I don't, I don't hate the Holtby deal. Um, that's, that, that's not what I was expecting for sure. Uh, I, I was kind of thinking someone, um, someone maybe a bit older or something, but, but that two years, I, I love that. The, the money. Yeah. Coming off a bad year, the money's not great, but um I think I think Holtby is exactly whether he's whether he's backing up whether he's splitting with Demko, I think he's the exact kind of buffer they they needed. And then again, yeah, maybe not what I expected, but I like it. Um, a lot of people are questioning it. I I don't know if you would have got a better deal out there. Um, you know the 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 market in general is pretty crazy, like we've seen today. Um, a lot of a lot of free agents are. I think kind of learning what um, what it's going to look like for the for the off season, and especially the goalie market. Like we knew that coming into this, the goalie market was going to be very unique, anyways. And I think um, I think what Vancouver pulled off with Holtby, I wouldn't I wouldn't. It's not a steal by any means, but I think that's what they needed, and I'm I'm pretty content with it. Patrick Luke did mention that the money may be a little on the rich side, but does the term only two years make this deal pretty okay overall? Yes. And I know we're going to touch on the Markstrom contract later on. And again, I thought Benning did the right thing by sort of waiting and not waiting it out, but just not, not giving in. Cause obviously Markstrom's demands were way too, not right. Yeah, I'd say no, way they more. were. Yeah. Yes. But that's still, that's still a lot for a goalie. And I think and a lot of term and a lot of money. And I think Vancouver's wise to not go in on that. Um, you still have Demko and then you get an experienced veteran goalie uh, for only two years. And I don't think Holtby, again, like Matt Murray, I don't think Holtby is as bad as, as this season indicated. And I think playing in front of a new team in Vancouver, a new environment will do, will do great things. I think that's a fantastic signing for only, only two years. So. All right. Only other one the Canucks made today, PK specialist Tyler Mott is back under the fold for another two years at 1.23 mil. You like that Luke? I have no issues with that. Um, I, again, I didn't really expect that to happen, but yeah, no issues with that. All right, moving on. I guess uh, I guess we'll head into the former Canuck 
Jacob Markstrom and the Calgary Flames. One of the bigger contracts of the day, Jacob Markstrom signed with Calgary Flames. Six-year deal worth $6 million a year, six by six. Years 30 to 36 of Markstrom's career. Comes with a fair bit of risk, but given his recent play, this should be pretty good, Pat. Uh, yes, goalie contracts are weird, and it just happens that goalies that good are always going to sign that long-term, even going into the worst part of their careers. Um, but I think Vancouver Vancouver, and then Markstrom both come out as winners. But um, looking at um, Calgary, that's – that's a lot of time for a goalie and goalies are weird and they're hot and cold a lot. And um, we'll see how it goes, but I think uh, this isn't the missing piece for Calgary. I think there are a lot more elements and to their team that they need to work on before they just sort of commit a lot of money to a goaltender. Um, I think the first few years will be fine, but I think we're going to see, we're going to see um, later on that people might not be liking this contract as much. I'm sure Luke, Luke disagrees. After though. seeing the numbers now, do you wish the Canucks maybe stepped up and offered Markstrom the same deal? No, no, absolutely not. Um, he, he got exactly what, what he deserved, like in a good way. Um, I would agree with Pat, like <clears throat> years, years one to four of this deal are going to be awesome. I Markstrom, I think is just in his prime now. And he's a, he's a, one of the best goalies in the league, in my opinion, um, years five and six, you know, like the, the, the latter half of the, the contract, I, you know, it might be kind of questionable, but um, to, to commit to him that long and you're like, you're not paying him absurd amounts. There are plenty of worse goalie contracts out there right now. Uh, and that's what Calgary needed. They haven't had, you know, one of the last time Calgary had, had a goalie. Right. And I think, I think, I, I think there's still some people doubting out there that Markstrom can be a, you know, Starting goalie, no questions asked. I have no, I have no questions about that. I think Markstrom's proven himself in the past two, three years. Um, I, I see no reason why he, why he would stumble in Calgary. Well, you said it right there, the Calgary Flames, and you know this core group that they have is. It seems like it's been undone time and time again by pretty poor goaltending at the wrong time. Mike Smith looked to be an answer for a bit, but struggled in the playoffs with the Flames. You know, Brian Elliott had his fair share of struggles with them as well. Jonas Hiller at one point, uh, you know, Kari Ramo, I think, was in net for a little bit earlier on in like 2014-ish. So, you know, this core has suffered with bad goaltending. And we've talked a lot about how this might be the end of the Calgary core, but if anything, finally adding a good goalie to the mix might actually breathe new life into it. So, Solid move for Calgary, at least for right now, over the next couple of years. It's a good gamble. We'll move on to their provincial rivals, the Edmonton Oilers, who signed a couple of former Ottawa Senators today. Some pretty good depth moves in Tyler Ennis, one year, one mil. Kyle Turris on two years, 1.6 million. Pat, I like that for Edmonton. They should bolster the lineup at the bottom. Do you think it's pretty good? Should this help? Yeah, that was the the biggest need for Edmonton was secondary scoring. We saw so much of the pressure being on Drysaddle McDavid, not having a strong uh, bottom six. You had someone like Zach Cassian, who's a probably a really good third liner, but still solid enough on the second line. But it's guys like Tyler Ennis and Kyle Turris who can provide a decent offensive value in the bottom six. I suspect Tyler, Kyle Turris will play in their 
bottom six, but I think it's fine. And it's a step in the right direction for, you know, after what Shirley did, which was basically strip the team of all their offense. I think it's a, I think it's a fantastic move. Luke, do you like it? Um, I, I like the Anna steel. Um, I really like the tourist deal. I think that's a steal for tourists. I I'm to be honest, I'm pretty surprised that, uh, that they, that's what they pulled off. I, yeah. And like Pat said, that's exactly what they need. Um, right down the middle. I think, I think that's an awesome fit. I see no reason why he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't have success in Edmonton. I like, yeah, he's, he's kind of stuttered a bit um, over the past few years, but I, I would never say that he's totally fallen off. So I really, really like that deal for the Oilers. Yeah. Having watched both of them play in Ottawa, they both seem like super awesome guys. And especially in the case of tourists, if he can rediscover some of that play that he was having up until he left Ottawa, this could be an absolute bargain for the Oilers. Uh, the Jets today signed Nathan Beaulieu, Lucas Spiza, pretty minor deals, but we'll move on from the country of Canada into the rest of the NHL. Some defensemen on the move today. Justin Schultz signed a two-year, $4 million contract with, or sorry, $4 million per year contract with the Washington Capitals. Uh, Patrick, that's a pretty good move. Eh. Eh. that's what it seems like on paper to a lot of fans I know a lot of people were praising it but is it actually good um term is fine nothing wrong with the term uh I don't want to say he's washed but he's definitely not the 2017 Justin Schultz we saw with the Pittsburgh Penguins um not much offensively not much defensively but maybe again change of scenery could help uh four million is a lot for a guy but again, two years, it's not that much of a risk, but I hope he finds his game because you don't want to be giving $4 million for a defenseman who's below average and doesn't really generate anything offensively or defensively. All right, next contract given out was Kevin Shattenkirk in Anaheim. He obviously just won the Stanley Cup with the Tampa Bay Lightning on a pretty small deal there, making just over a million bucks in Tampa Bay. He gets a nice healthy raise now, three years worth three point. $9 million a year with the Anaheim Ducks. Luke, thoughts on the Kevin Shattenkirk deal? Um, like, objectively, I don't I don't hate it. Uh, it like, it's the, the numbers aren't terrible. Was Anaheim in a position to do that? I don't really know. Um, like I said on yesterday's show, I was on Anaheim's Cap Friendly, and it's, it's kind of funny, the situation they're in for such a terrible team. Um, yeah, like if 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 another team signed him to that, it's I if I had to pick, yeah, it's an overpayment. Uh, but Anaheim specifically, I don't I don't really know why why they would make that move. Um, it just seems a bit a bit short sighted. Luckily, you know, three years isn't terrible, but it's also not short. Uh, if that was one or two years, I have no issue with that. Three years is kind of pushing it, but all right, Radko Gudas. Seemed to be a Leafs target, at least that was rumored over the past couple of weeks, but he ends up inking a deal with Florida instead. Three-year deal, $2.5 million per year. Patrick, good move for Florida? Uh, yes. Um, Florida, Florida's a really interesting team because I they've made some moves. They got rid of Mike Matheson. For the Mike Matheson move, I don't think Mike Matheson's as bad as people suggested. The contract sucks but he's still a fairly good puck mover Duke, uh Gudis has always had solid underlying numbers that's okay I just thought Gudis would want to go to a team like the Maple Leafs a team that was probably closer to contending 
because Florida, they're not, not like they're in the middle middleman spot, but they're definitely not a team that's ready to make the leap and start contending. But um, I think that's about fair value for the kind of player that uh, Rago Gudis is. Now it seems like no team chucks more money out the door on free agent frenzy day, like the Florida Panthers do. Is that an area for concern, Patrick, with this one, that they're throwing another $2.5 million over the next three years at perhaps a guy that ends up being a depth defenseman? I still think there's a little bit more upside to Gudis's game that we didn't see this year. His underlying numbers have always been solid, and 2.5 is a movable contract, and plenty of teams uh, going into the playoffs, maybe like the Winnipeg Jets, for example, if they're going to look to make a playoff push, would take that cap hit on, and um, I don't think it's that bad of a move. All right, Nashville Predators signed certified good guy Mark Borvietsky today. Two years, $2 million per year, as well as Matt Benning. Two-year deal, $1 million a year. That should bolster the bottom of their defense nicely. Luke, do you like it? Yeah, like, obviously two, two minor deals um, and both short-term, both both low money. I, I like it, and Nashville's the exact kind of team that's in a place to do it. Uh, so yeah, I don't mind it. It's nice to see um, Orvietsky, um kind of not necessarily getting a second chance, but after that kind of exit from Ottawa, it's nice to see him kind of get picked up right away. Yeah, it definitely was pretty abrupt. And we talked about it at length on the show, how surprising the way things ended in Ottawa were, given the fact that Borvietsky had a really, really solid year last year. So I like this swing from the Nashville Predators and obviously with a top, heavy group like Yossi, Ellis, Ekholm, um, you know, adding Dante Fabro, throw him into that mix, the young defenseman, adding guys like Borvietsky and Benning should ensure that somebody like Jared Tenorti isn't in the lineup. I know Patrick probably has some good memories uh, of Jared Tenorti playing in Montreal. Uh, We'll move into some of the forwards that moved around today. A couple of the minor moves. Um, Chicago Blackhawks upped Dominic Kubalik, 25 goal scorer last year, two years, $3.7 million a year. Patrick, that seems like pretty good value on a bridge deal. Yeah, I think it, again, this is a player who can probably, I think a lot of people, most people were happy, but there were still a few who thought, you know, the bridge means he's going to walk to free agency. Look, I, I don't think Chicago's cap situation is as bad as it was a couple years ago. Obviously, Brandon Saad only has one more year left or one or two more years left, at least $6 million before becoming a UFA. Um, that Seabrook contract is brutal, but I think they will have enough space to get them done, uh, to get a deal done. But um, I think it's a good move and it's pretty valuable for a player who was, I believe, third or fourth in uh, Calder votes this year. So great value for Kubelik. And I should specify, he actually was a 30-goal scorer, so he even under, undersold him a bit there. And uh, I'm sure he'll continue to pot them as long as he gets some good ice time with Kane, Taves, and Debrinkit up there in Chicago. Another former senator for you to discuss a bit, Luke. Bobby Ryan, Masterton Trophy winner, ups in Detroit. One year, $1 million. Again, pretty good value. Yeah, I, I think really good value. Um Obviously, there's going to be some some questions on on consistency, but it's still Bobby Ryan. Um, again, again, a bit of a an exit from Ottawa, but that's that's good to see. Um, I honestly maybe would have expected a bit more, but the the one year makes sense uh, and one million for Detroit. I think that's a that's a really good deal, and Detroit's a team that's in a, a good position to make it. So. 
again, this was somebody we talked about at length over the past couple of weeks, given the uh, story and his exit from Ottawa. But Luke, are you surprised that he didn't sign for a contending team and is willing again to play for a bottom feeder like Detroit? Well, I'm going to look up how old he is because I don't actually know. Um, uh, Bobby Ryan is 33, I believe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, again, being one year, it, it's kind of, it kind of makes sense why you go to Detroit for one year is a bit odd. I I'd like to think he, he could have had other options and he probably did have other options. Um, not sure why he, why he, he'd go to Detroit among other places, but I'll reiterate one, one year is one year. It's, it's fine. Um, I think it'll give him a chance to kind of, to kind of, prove himself if he can. Um, and then hopefully after that, because again, he's, he's not, he's not aging out quite yet. He'll be 34 when this contract's up. And if he, if he kind of, you know, makes an impression this year, hopefully he can uh, get a, get a bit more of a, of a commitment next year. Not much more to talk about in terms of forwards because there are quite a few still on the market, but we'll move into some of the goaltenders. And we dubbed it yesterday, the year of the goaltender 2020 on the free agent market. Patrick, Henrik Lundqvist goes to Washington. I know you had predicted that and talked a lot about that yesterday. Again, why don't you tell us why this is a good fit? Uh, He wants to win. And we've always said that he's one of the better players to never win a Stanley Cup. And Washington... I don't know if it's the place to do it, to be honest. I think they're still getting fairly old and um, it wouldn't have been my first choice as Henrik Lundqvist, but if he wanted to stay in the Eastern Conference um, and still wanted a a bigger market to play with a lot of talented players, Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, um, I think it's a good move. And being a a backup behind Samsonov, I think is great. And again, like all the goals we talked about, I don't think Henrik Lundqvist is as bad. I just think it was a weird situation in New York with – with Shesterkin and seeing the sort of goaltending turnover, but I think he'll be, he'll be a fine backup. And um, I don't know if Washington will be contending next. I think they'll be in the playoffs. I don't know how close they are to contending exactly, but that's why you have under Glenquist. We, we know what he can do in the playoffs. And if he can sort of uh, push them forward, then it's a great fit, low risk. Luke, I will ask you about one of the more, I would say surprising deals of the day. Cam Talbot is the new goalie in Minnesota. And we talked yesterday and our preview show about how Minnesota has the chance to make a good signing and bring in a new starting goalie after getting rid of Devin Dubnik. Are you surprised though, that it's Cam Talbot on a three-year deal, $3.6 million. It's not too rich, but there were better options out there. Yes, um, there were. And I said yesterday, uh, does Minnesota have a goaltending, not a goaltending issue, but do they have something to fix in net? And I think, yes, they do. Uh, but I don't think, I don't think Talbot is the answer. Um, he seems to kind of be getting tossed around. I what like five teams in five years or something like that. Um, I don't, I don't know why you would, uh, you'd make this kind of commitment. The, the money, uh, not not absolutely terrible definitely not great uh just shy of four million I don't know I I I had um I'm looking at my notes here from yesterday I had Kudobin going going to Minnesota I thought maybe that'd be a good fit on short term so this is a bit questionable I don't I don't know if this is going to solve solve their issues and even if you are kind of waiting to see um waiting to see what Staylock kind of comes up to I don't know why you'd sign Talbot for three years. So 
I don't know. Yeah, and they're definitely going to be hoping he goes back to that 2016-17 season form when he essentially carried the Edmonton Oilers for parts of that season and was excellent in the playoffs. Uh, I'll take this one. I was correct. Anton Hudobin did end up re-upping <laughs> uh, with the Dallas Stars. Three-year deal, $3.3 million. Maybe a bit rich for my liking because, you know, that's putting them pretty, pretty close to $10 million in goalies this year. And for a team that's already struggling with the salary cap, it's a bit questionable for my liking. However, you know, Dallas does build their team based off of their good goaltending and given Ben Bishop's injury history, it's not the worst idea to bring in a one B option like Hudobin. And, you know, the pay bump definitely is based on his Stanley cup performance. So Anton Hudobin re ups in Dallas, Patrick, I'll ask you, what was the best signing for you today? Uh, I forgot that was a question on the rundown, but, um, I think in terms of immediate impact, um, actually, no, I was going to say Markstrom for the first three years, but looking at the one that just broke, I totally forgot about it. Uh, TJ Brody to Toronto. I hate admitting this, but that's a fantastic deal from Kyle Dubas. The, the biggest issue for Toronto has been defense, um, always going after offensive players who didn't have the best defensive metrics. Um, Brody fits that. I don't think he's the stalwart defensively that people are claiming him to be. I think he is very good defensively, but I do know he struggled a little bit away from Giordano, but all in all, this is a great move and, and Dubas does it again. He upgrades their defenseman. And um, I know he's not a right shot, but he shoots left, but plays right. And I think that's one of the better signings. It's, it's low risk, but something else has to be on the move here for Toronto because they're now they're over the cap if I, my math's correct. So um, I think that's the best signing of the day uh, in terms of what, what, addresses a need and then Jacob Markstrom definitely for Calgary because for the first couple of years he will be really solid for them yeah and I'm going to agree with you on TJ Brody it's definitely my signing of the day Luke did you have a best signing today I think Kyle Turris like I'll, I'll say it again I think that's a that's a steal there's I'm I'm surprised he didn't get more I um if if I were if I were Edmonton and maybe they asked maybe they asked if he wanted to to sign for more and maybe he he didn't want to but I, I really like that. That's, that's what Edmonton's needed for quite a while. And I, I, again, I see no reason why he won't, uh, why he wouldn't find success there. So yeah, Kyle Turris. Yeah. Hopefully in a less pressured market that isn't expected to win the Stanley cup next year, he can thrive. Luke, I think I'm going to ask what your worst signing of uh, the past 24 hours was, but I think I know. I, okay. Past 24 hours. Yeah. You probably know. Yeah. Um, the thing is, I, I think today, well, obviously today, cause it opened today, but it, it seems like, it seems very cautious out there, right? A lot of, um, a lot of, uh, GMs and rightfully so they're, they're, you're seeing a lot of one, two, three year deals and, and that makes sense. So there aren't any absolutely terrible deals I found today. One that stands out, um, again, was Talbot. I n- not not it's not going to be bad on their on their cap like it's not going to be heavy on their cap per se it just doesn't really make sense for the position the wild are in aside from that though again worst deal of the past 24 hours uh has to come out of montreal i i won't i won't uh repeat what i said earlier i just don't think that's a good contract at all yeah we'll leave it at that but you know 
Definitely lots of safety, like you said, Luke, based on the realities that the flat cap world has presented. Patrick, did one deal stick out to you today as a bad deal, the worst one of the day? Um, again, skimming our, our document right now and skimming the signings, um, I don't, there's not one that's like a really, really horrifically like terrible deal. Um, and I know I just said Markstrom would immediately help the Calgary Flames off the start, but I do think there's some risk with that. Um, and I would just like to point out while everyone was uh, criticizing the Canadians for sending a pick for Jake Allen, uh, everyone said, well, why wouldn't you just sign one in free agency? This is why, because now you address a backup and you give up nothing and you have a, a solidified, now your position solidified. So while everyone was ripping on him, he gave up a nothing asset to get a backup goalie and basically fix Montreal's tandem while other teams are paying. So I guess I would say Markstrom because that's a lot of term, not that Markstrom's not deserving of the money or the term, but that's a long contract Wait. for an aging goalie. What? What? What did you say your the best deal of the day was? Uh, I said Markstrom is a good. I didn't say Markstrom was the best. That it's a good deal in the sense that it helps Calgary right away, but it can also be seen as fairly relatively risky, considering that's what six years or seven say yeah, six years for a goalie who's thirty one, and I don't see how that actually helps Calgary that much when there are so many other holes in the lineup. Um, that need to be filled. Okay. That's fair. I would say that's fair. Um, I don't exactly have a worst one either, but uh, the, the one I really didn't get uh, from the start was Wayne Simmons in Toronto. I don't think he's yeah. particularly good. And I think I would have, if I'm a Toronto fan, I would have preferred them to chase Kyle Clifford um, to resign as opposed to giving Wayne Simmons one and a half million dollars to play next year. Um, all right. I, that pretty much does it for today's signings, but you know, some notable names left on the board. And we discussed a lot of them yesterday, Petrangelo, Crawford, Hall, Granlin, Smith, Krug, Barry, Toffoli, Duclair, Thornton, Perry, all names that we're definitely gonna have to look out for over the next day or so, because they're all still on the board. And I, by our assumption, at least we'll find teams pretty, pretty soon. But now it's probably time for a bit of revisionist history because like we said, with all these deals that are signed over the next few days, they, it is silly season. And it's called that for a reason <laughs> because, you know, free agency day is the day that NHL teams tend to absolutely ruin themselves uh, to some degree. Very rarely do we find deals on free agency that are home runs and take a team to a Stanley Cup. So we're going to revisit July 1st, 2019, some of the deals that were signed in that summer heading into last season and how they've panned out so far one season into the deals. We've graded some of the top free agents from the 2019 class. And uh, we're going to take you through them and evaluate some of the deals so far to maybe give our viewers an idea of how some of the deals signed today can work out. We're going to start with Artemi Panarin who signed a deal with the New York Rangers, seven years, $11.6 million. I gave this one an A plus. Patrick, what can you say about Artemi Panarin? This is, might be one of the best UFA deals of all time. Yeah, I see. We went, we all went in an order. Luke went A minus. Sorry to give you his way, Luke. But uh, I gave it an A. Uh, <laughs> uh, not that it's not an A plus, but I don't think, well, maybe it's not an A plus. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I think A is the perfect way to describe it. A player who put them on, who basically put New York on his back and carried them down the stretch. Um, top 10 player in the league for sure. 
Um, I just don't, yeah, that's basically the extent of it. Luke, is there a reason there's a minus beside your name? <laughs> you don't like yeah, obviously he very well could be an A plus. I just think um that's that's just in, in any case, unless your name is like Connor McDavid and and Panarin's close, but he's not there. It's a lot of money. I, I'm not saying that's an issue. I just that's a lot of money for seven years and you never know what could happen. But yeah, that could that could be an A plus. I I could sway either way. So just like gonna confirm here, you would only give an A plus if it was Connor McDavid on the market. Well, no, no, because I'm just saying when you, what, 11.7, is it, right? Yeah, yeah. 11.6. 11.6, that's a lot of money. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying Panarin's not worth it. I'm just saying it's a lot of money for a lot of years, and you never know what could happen. That's, that's all I'm saying. A, mi- a minus is still really, really. What, what, what could happen? I, I, you never know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows what could happen. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to move on. Matt Duchesne, who signed a seven-year deal worth $8 million a year in Nashville. You know, after his time in Colorado a few years ago was, you know, it was the biggest story in the NHL at the time. He just looked absolutely fed up with hockey. Looked better going into Ottawa. He looked happier, but it was a pretty, pretty terrible situation that he was into. Had a nice playoff run with Columbus and then signed the big deal finally in Nashville. Matt Duchesne is a great guy. Nashville looked like a good team, the right destination, but Luke, was this the right deal for both parties? I mean, I think it's a good deal for Duchesne. I don't think anyone can really <laughs> argue that. Um, what, what's your letter grading on it? My, sorry, yeah, my grading is B-. minus. I would maybe, now that I'm looking at that, I'd maybe go lower. Um, it's 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 the same thing. It's a lot of money for a long time. And after, you know, even this year in the first year of the deal, there were, you know, talks of, uh, I think maybe just talks between us, but he's maybe a buyout candidate. So that, that doesn't bode well. Um, yeah, I'd maybe revise my B minus, uh, down a letter, but, um, I don't like, he's still, he's still Duchesne. He could, he could turn it around. It's, it's early. Give him time. Patrick, you gave him a C explain it yeah i i had a i had a b minus there about two minutes ago uh i looked at his numbers and he's, <laughs> he's a weird player um like 2010 he had 67 points in 80 games he had 70 and 71 uh very inconsistent and i know playing on various teams will do that um again good signing for matt duchene is he worth eight million dollars all the way until he's what 36 probably not i would say six to seven million is more about uh the better range for him. But um, again, it kind of, it depends. This the value of this contract really depends on the direction Nashville's going. We thought they were going to sort of be that contending team out in the West that could mess up a lot of teams. Like we saw back in uh, 2017, was that when they went on their run? Um, and we haven't seen that. And we've seen Nashville and Poyle make a series of moves uh, just about 10 minutes ago. They signed Nick Cousins. Some of the moves don't really make a lot of sense. Um, so we'll see what, it depends on which way Nashville's going is, best way to sum it up if they can sort of get back to that contending form then having someone like Duchesne uh, locked in at eight million dollars is pretty solid yeah and uh just to wrap it up I gave him a c minus obviously uh I really liked him in Ottawa and you know he had 58 points in 50 games in the 2018-19 season with the Senators and it looked like he was definitely turning a corner but massive step back this year so c minus for me 
Uh, it definitely hasn't worked out. And I'm honestly surprised he wasn't more considered for a buyout candidate. We're going to head into the big, one of the bigger, bigger fishes of the market last year. Probably he was 1B with Artemi Panarin. It's the other Russian, Sergei Bobrovsky, who signed a seven-year deal worth $10 million a year in Florida. And I'm sure as Patrick can tell his, us from his experiences watching hockey, man, it really sucks sometimes when you give a goalie a $10 million deal. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be blunt. and I gave this an F. Uh, I thought it was stupid when they did it. I think it's really stupid now because he was terrible last year. The term, the money, I don't like any of it, even though Bobrovsky has been okay. He's been pretty good. He's been elite at some points in his career, but it's it looks pretty bad a year in, right, Luke? Yeah, I think uh, whenever we did the like worst few shows ago when we did worst signing of last year, this was mine. It's terrible. Like, um not and Bobrovsky I'm not saying I'm not saying he's a bad goalie I'm not saying he's washed up but that's a terrible contract there's there's no reason and again I think I used Price as an anomaly last time unless it's Carey Price someone like Carey Price best goalie in the league right now um unless it's Carey Price you should not be paying any goalie that much money for that long like even if this was any goalie you shouldn't be giving any goalie that much money I disagree but even if this was 10 million dollars over two years I'd still say that's bad Patrick, uh, so Luke gave him an F plus. Uh, you were a bit oh, yeah, I keep to nicer. Say yeah, you were a bit nicer than we were, but a D plus nonetheless. Safe to say you agree with most of the points made here so far on Bobrovsky. Yeah, I'd say so. It's too much money for a goaltender. Goaltender. Um, the only thing is the potential. I wouldn't grade it an F simply because of the potential and how good we have seen Bobrovsky play. We saw it a couple. Years Uh, okay. Patrick has frozen here. Uh, yeah. So safe to say we all didn't, uh, like Bobrovsky's deal too much one year in. Okay. Sorry, Patrick, you cut out there for a second. Luke, did he cut out for you too? He cut out for me too. Okay, cool. We're going to move into next, uh, pretty boring. This one, Joe Pavelski, we gave him bees across the board. Um, pretty good pretty good playoff performer he was excellent in the playoffs uh he was okay in the regular season that's i think why we gave him all b's just because of that difference in the regular season and playoff performance uh we'll move on from that one pretty quickly um tyler myers this at least from what i'm looking at here with all your grades in front of me uh looks pretty divisive uh i gave that signing an f patrick gave it an f plus and i see luke you have an a plus here is that uh can you explain I that think, one for I think us? Patrick, Patrick might have wrote that down to sabotage me. Okay. Um, no, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you guys. I, I don't think I need to explain that. That's a, that's a bad thing. He's okay, tall. You, you guys, you also you guys see how half. tall he is? He's like, he's super tall. 6'8". <laughs> yeah. Not that so, tall. Yeah, Not that you, tall. You can't teach size. So you would agree <laughs> with us. You'd give it I, an F for somewhere close to that? Maybe, maybe like a, a D plus. Okay, that's fair. Okay, yeah, Luke. no, obviously Tyler Myers, uh, you know, the Vancouver Canucks needed a pretty steady defenseman. Uh, they looked at Tyre, Tyler Myers' height. They assumed they were getting that. And uh, I think at least one year in, they didn't get that. So Robin Leonard, one of, again, the better stories in the NHL over the past couple of years. He, had, he was coming off a great season with the New York Islanders, 
Uh, I think he won the Vezina Trophy that year or was at least a finalist for the Vezina Trophy. I can't remember which one off the top of my head. Um, and signed a one-year, $5 million deal with the Chicago Blackhawks. I gave this contract an A, but I'm going to give Chicago themselves an F for how they handled it because by all accounts, Robin Leonard should have signed a big ticket with Chicago in the middle of the season. He was traded to Vegas and now earned a 5 by 5 with them. Patrick, Robin Leonard's contract last year. Yeah, I think it's worth a B. I think it's good. I don't think it's amazing, but I think it's good. And I think if something's good, you give it a B. Luke? <laughs> you don't give it an A? I give it a B. Okay. If something's good, you give it a B. <laughs> um, okay. What did I give it? I think I gave it an A. I Yeah. like it's, uh, You gave it an A. Yeah, it's pr- pretty not, not much need for explanation. Uh, and I think, I think you, you'd, uh, you'd agree with me there, Nick. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think safe to say we'd all give his new contract with Vegas five by five and a. Yeah. Uh, B. Oh, yeah, B plus. B. Yeah. It's good. It's all right. I guess, uh, I guess I'm on the loan <laughs> boat here. A uh, quickly to wrap it up. Max Zuccarello, former New York Ranger signed five years, $6 million a year with the Minnesota wild. I gave this one a D I see Patrick just changed his to a D. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we were pretty blunt about it. Uh, didn't I don't like Luke just changed his to a D. Okay. Um, everybody's throwing me off, but um, safe to say this wasn't a good fit. Wasn't the right deal for Minnesota to hand out Patrick at the time. No, especially considering the fact that he was injured. Uh, if I remember correctly in Dallas only played two games, had two points. Um, a Again, that's just that's just the way the free agent market works, and that's just a lot of money to throw at someone who was injured and never actually got a chance to play uh, when he was traded. So, yeah, a D, not a C minus. I had to change that last minute. I like the player, hate the deal. Um, yeah, I guess that pretty much wraps up our summary of the free agent class from last year. Then, so hopefully, uh, we're giving out nicer grades this time next year when we're doing this. Yes, that basically does it. Um, obviously, eventful day in free agency, not as eventful as we would have liked, but. Um, we'll be back as those of you watching and listening know, uh, every Thursday, three to five and every Friday, seven to eight, hopefully by then the big names, Hall, Petrangelo will all be signed. I want to remind everyone that tune into the show that it can be heard on Barnburner radio network and it's 122 platforms. Check out all of it on barnburner.ca for all the updates. Follow me on Twitter at Patrick talent, 81, Nick at Nikos Robinson and Luke at the Luke Burroughs. Uh, thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you.